Hello and welcome to our Season 4 Rules Overview, or detail, as we will say. We're going to be talking about the Mutant Chronicles system we're using for Season 4 of the Inglorious Bards. Our players have uh, seen some of these rules before. It's been a while, so we're going to go over them for their benefit before we dive into our first episode uh, next week. Uh, and uh, we'll be going through this for you listeners as well. For those of you who want a little bit more detail on the Mutant Chronicles rule set. Uh, we'll have players asking questions as we go along. They've already made characters, so their questions may be tailored to their characters or not. And we'll see how it goes. If you don't want detailed rules of this, you can just jump into the first episode of uh, Season 4, Episode 1, and there'll just be a real quick overview. You can dive right in. You don't need all these details uh, for to enjoy the show. Uh, this is for those that want to know a little bit more. So we are talking about the Mutant Chronicles 3rd uh, Edition rule system is what we're using. It's got plenty of crunch. It plays fast with some special rules. It's got some great meta currency for players and me, the uh, Game Master. It's a classless system with a lot of player options. Uh, it's, we're we're kind of doing a medium sci-fi setting, so maybe even medium low. It's gritty. Players can die uh, relatively easily, but still there's going to be spaceships and TIE fighter sounds in space, even though that's not realistic and all that good stuff. Uh, it is not a very popular system, uh, so listeners, you guys can certainly get some benefit by listening to this. It's in, It uses D20s, but it inverts it all. Players want to roll low. Uh, in addition for you players, something I want you guys to keep in mind, we're not in, in Pathfinder and in D&D, you're making a roll and saying, I rolled a 12 or I rolled a 16. That number kind of was a cool thing. Did you get high or low? That doesn't matter at all here. We never want to know any numbers other than how many successes. I got no successes. I got one, but I needed two. So we just want that kind of stuff. Uh, all right, so we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different rules. There's a ton of rules to cover here, and we're going to dive into them. We're going to talk about how the 2D system, 2D20 system works, uh, the different skills and what they do, the meta currency, combat. We're going to talk about bringing on the pain by taking damage, some healing, and some uh, tech cards if we. All right, so the system is based on 2d20. So every single check you're going to do is uh, based on a skill. So if you want to do anything at all, it's going to be tied to a skill. You want to uh, walk across a beam, that would be an acrobatic skill. You want to lift something heavy, that's going to be the athletic skill. You want to resist being mentally dominated by an alien, that would be the willpower skill. That everything is a skill. Uh, when you roll, you are uh, rolling 2d20, and your job is to get equal to or less than a target number. So let me give you an example. You have an agility trait of 7. Underneath that are a couple different skills. Acrobatics is one of those skills. So if you have acrobatics at 1, and that's part of the agility group, which you have at seven, seven plus one is eight. So your target number for your acrobatics is permanently eight. Your job, every time you make an acrobatics roll is to roll 2d20 and get an eight or less. Every time you do that, you gain a success. So you might roll both dice above eights, failed. One die, eight or less, you got a success. Both dice underneath, you got two successes. So that's the 2d20 system. In this system, natural 20s are bad. So if you roll a natural 20, that is a repercussion. Repercussions at the most simplest uh, can be your weapon jams or you trip and fumble. You are rolling multiple dice. It is possible for you to roll multiple repercussions. It is also possible for you to succeed the roll and have a repercussion. They both happen at the same time. <laughs> Uh, conversely, you have some sweet, sweet criticals. In this system, you do not automatically succeed by rolling a one. One is good. One is very, very good. You want to roll ones, um, but that's the lowest you can get. Low is good in this system. But you don't automatically critical succeed. To succeed, you need to specialize in a skill. So for example, uh, we have the coordination attribute, and then let's say you have a seven in that, and you have the ranged weapon skill, which is connected to coordination, and you have no training. 
So you have a zero in ranged weapons. So zero ranged weapons plus its its parent attribute of coordination of seven gives you a total of what? Seven. Seven. Seven's your target number to shoot. Let's say you, uh, as you're making your character, you put a skill point into ranged weapons, so it's called an expertise. You have expertise one in ranged weapons, so you have one ranged weapons, coordination seven, seven plus one is what? Eight. Eight. So now your target number is an eight. And remember, you're rolling two 20s, trying to get eight or less. However, let's say you get another skill point to level up your character. You could increase that ranged weapons from a one to a two, or you could give yourself a focus point in ranged weapons. If you give yourself a focus point, you would have a focus of one in ranged weapons as well as a uh, skill of one. But what that focus means is now if you ever roll a one or less, you get a critical success. You get two successes is what you get out of that. What does that mean? Well, you roll that one, boom, I just got two successes. I did really good. But as you level up your character, you can actually increase that focus to a two or even a three, which means twos or less, or even threes or less become critical successes for you. So you might be able to pull off uh, really big, uh, awesome things by getting bonus successes. Any questions about that basic concept so far? So we only roll two at a time, uh, two d20s, but we need the five just for... There's other ways to get dice, okay. which we'll talk about yeah. later. Uh, let's talk about our skills real fast. There's a whole bunch of them just to give you an overview of what the skills do. There's acrobatics. Acrobatics is used to do tumbling or balancing. It is also used every time you want to dodge being hit by a melee weapon or a bullet. Uh, it's pretty darn important. Close combat is your uh, anything using a weapon in your hands. Unarmed combat is using your hands as a weapon, punching martial arts. Stealth, sneaking around. The observation skill is being able to see things, detect ambushes. Insight is the ability to detect uh, maybe some uh, Deanna Troy from Star Trek, uh, big uh, feelings or thoughts. It can also be used to detect uh, magic in some degree as well. Is magic emotional? No. Can it be emotional? It's very emotional. No. I hit you with love. <laughs> now we're back to my little pony. Uh, there's the thievery. It always comes always back to that. that. <laughs> The thievery skill. Thievery is picking locks, uh, uh, anything at all. Picking pockets, anything with pick, apparently. So thievery. Ranged weapons is shooting guns. Since we're in a sci-fi game, there are guns. So that's anything from a pistol to a submachine gun, uh, all the way up to assault rifles. Um, heavy weapons are your more mounted weapons. So that would be a gun mounted to a vehicle or maybe a big tripod uh Mortar or something like that. That would be heavy weapons. I'm sorry, gunnery is when it's mounted to a weapon. Heavy weapons are the weapon. Okay. Pilot is controlling any vehicle other than a spaceship. So a car, a plane, a submarine, a bicycle, those would be piloting. And then the space skill is any uh, is a spaceship, any size spaceship, from a shuttle to a huge uh, under the intelligence group, we have education. The education skill is used for a, a lot of stuff. What do you know about a lot of information that isn't science? Pretty much anything that isn't science. Computer hacking would be education. Uh, local, I don't know, maybe not some customs might be under education. Linguistics are knowing languages. Science are all sciences. So from geology to cosmology, whatever you want. Everything with science would be that. Mechanics is your ability to fix things, anything at all. Survival is your ability to survive out in the wild. Could be a, a planet Hoth, could be a jungle. Vacuum, hopefully we won't run into too many uses of vacuum, but if we do, you're gonna really wish you had some points there. It is your ability to not be physically hampered in a spacesuit. Treatment is your emergency uh, first aid skill to help someone. Keep in mind, even though we do have some healers in the group, they themselves might need to be uh, treated for first aid. And I think the difficulty goes up by one or two if they try and treat themselves. It's really brutal. <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, medicine <laughs> is a much more severe uh, uh, healing skill for broken bones and the like. And then psychotherapy is dealing with mental uh, craziness. 
which everyone I'm sure will know. <laughs> you feel about your broken bones. <clears throat> the willpower skill is essentially the uh, saving throw from D&D to resist uh, mental effects and controls. There's a mysticism skill that's only going to be used by our mystic that's used to cast spells. Animal handling is interacting and dealing with animals, controlling them, or just uh, appeasing them. <laughs> Lifestyle. Lifestyle is your ability to uh, uh, acclimate with uh, with a different culture, particularly higher-end cultures, and sometimes to afford things if you need something really big. Persuade is your diplomacy. It's your intimidation, everything dealing with uh, controlling emotions, except for command. Command is being able to uh, control people of lesser rank than you or perhaps even a mob, a crowd. The last two are resistance. That's your constitution saving throw, your poisons, your diseased, and athletics. You want to climb, you want to lift something. Those are your skills. Questions about the skills? No, they're pretty good. All right, moving on. Next, we're going to talk about uh, our totally awesome meta currency. This game has several different meta currencies. It has momentum, threat, and hero points. A meta currency is something that we get to use on, here on our table that can affect the story by spending some special points. You see this a lot with other systems, such as hero points or luck points. So in this game, there's a, a currency called momentum. For every extra success that you roll, you gain momentum. A standard difficulty is one. So if you roll your dice and they are both equal to or less than your target number, you got two successes, which means one was needed, and then you got one extra as momentum. Uh, each momentum increases the quality of the action or the speed of the action. So if you're repairing something, you now can do a really good job. So it's going to break less, or maybe instead of taking an hour, it takes a uh, half an hour. So that's what momentum can be. So you are hacking a computer at normal difficulty one. You roll three successes. Christopher, how many momentum can you now spend? You have three successes. Uh -huh. three, three. No. One is required oh, um, to, to succeed. No. No. Oh. So. Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> I get it right eventually. Do I go if down or up? If you're hacking a computer, you roll three successes. If it's difficulty one, one of those was necessary to pass. Right. So you got two bonus momentum. Ah, I bank those. Yeah. Two okay. bonus momentum. In this case, you might hack faster or get additional. So uh, we've been using the standard difficulty of one, for example, uh, several times. There are instances, though, where the difficulty might be higher. So imagine you're trying to climb a guard tower at night in the wind with the rain making the sides of the tower slick. So the difficulty might not be one. I might say make a difficulty two athletics check to get up that wall. So now you're still rolling those 2d20, but both of them need to be successes. So that's really hard to pull off. Uh, what can really help you out, though, is that focus specialty that you can assign to some of your skills that increases your critical range, where a one or a two or less or a three or less become double successes. So then you can really pull off something that you may not think you might be able to. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, you are trying to climb up that wall. You have a strength attribute of seven. Underneath that is the athletic skill. You have training in athletics at three. So, Alistair, what is your target number to climb up the wall? Uh, ten. Ten. Ten or less on either of those two 20-sided dice. Alistair gets cookie. Is a success. <laughs> but let's say this is Alistair's character. He also put two specialty points of focus in the athletic skill. So a two or less, a two or a one, now count as double uh, successes. So let's say uh, he's climbing up that tower. I say it's dark, it's hard to do, it's difficulty to make an athletics roll, and Alistair rolls 2d20. He's looking for 10s or less, and he has a focus for criticals as 2 or less. Let's say Alistair rolls a 13 and a 1. Did he succeed? Yes. 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 Did he roll any extra momentum? No. Yes. Oh, I thought we were at difficulty 2. Uh, oh, you are absolutely correct. You, I stand corrected. That is correct. Uh, so we, he rolled a one. He got two successes, and difficulty was two. 
Uh, Chris is correct. So that was a Woo! success, but no more. You should teach this. <laughs> so, and just to give you a rough idea, a difficulty one with a target number of 10 is a roughly 75% chance to succeed. A difficulty two drops that to 25%. It's, each difficulty wow. is massive. So what can you do to increase your odds of pulling it off? Momentum. So we talked about rolling momentum that you can do extra. If you don't know what you want to do with your momentum, you can bank it in the group momentum. We are tracking that here in our studio on a uh, ticker, a scoreboard. Um, and what happens is we have a situation that a group momentum is for the, the story to start to build. And you guys can get on a roll and start pushing things, uh, acting and coordinatedly or assisting each other. So an example of this is, let's pretend Christopher is a stealth master. His character is not, but let's say he's, <laughs> he's a stealth master just for the scenario. He's easily sneaking past the guard. He rolls really well and gets three bonus momentum. Nice. So he can use that to sneak by faster or sneak past a second guard. Um, when we talk about combat, I'll give you some different ways to spend momentum, but you guys can come up with some ways. Uh, to spend momentum. It's up to us. If Christopher says, can I sneak past the second guard? I'll go, yeah, that'll cost you all three if you want to do that. Sure, we can do that. Wasn't in the rules, but it's, it's great use of it. However, Christopher chooses to bank his three momentum. He got past the first guard. He wants to bank the three momentum. So we would now have three uh, momentum banked for the group. Maximum of six, by the way. Maximum of six in the group bank. So now Seth is next to sneak past. Let's say Seth's character is a rat folk who is really bad at sneaking, which I think <laughs> might be the case. Mm -hmm. Has that ever happened before? So Seth wants to uh, sneak by and he really needs some help. So he's gonna use several of the group momentum to buy extra dice. So what Seth can do, uh, instead of rolling 2d20, he can spend one of the group momentum to buy an additional die. So now he has 3d20. However, Seth can also spend more. And the price is as follows. He can buy one additional die for one group momentum. For a second die, it's three group momentum. And for a third die, it's six group momentum. Oof, okay. So the cost goes up by one for each one. So if And six is our maximum. Six is your max. So if something's really, really important, just say, hey, everyone, can I do the six? Because this is really big. Um, but otherwise, that'd be really pretty wasteful. But who knows? So let's say Seth, Seth spends all three of the group banked momentum. Uh, that would give him two dice on top of his original two. So he's chucking four D20 trying to get a single success, dramatically increasing his chances of pulling. How many natural 20s did you just roll? Just one. Okay. Just one. <laughs> um, so what I want to say is if you're buying any dice like that, you must buy them in advance before you roll. You can't string the dice along. You must buy in advance. And the most you can possibly ever have no matter any talents, special features, buying momentum is 5d20 is the most you can ever roll. This is a house rule for those of you that follow. Um... All two of you. And if you can, <laughs> if you can tie it into the group momentum in any way, if it happens real fast, uh, that really adds a lot to the story. So in our scenario, Christopher snuck past the guard really well. If Seth can somehow just add a quick half sentence of why he's getting those additional dice to succeed. I think that's um, Christopher snaps his fingers for a second, but then melds into the shadows, and that lets me get uh, Group momentum does uh, decay at the end of each combat round in scene, so just be aware. Nanu, Nanu. That's me watching that, by the, by way. the way. So so at the end of combat rounds and scenes, we lose one, because yeah. we're, we're slowing down, and we're, we're yeah. going at more momentum. The energy is ebbing there's another uh, currency out there called threat threat is the game master version of momentum so i use threat on my npcs just like you guys so i can spend one three or six threat to add one two or three dice so when the big bad guy really wants to hit you with the big meaty claw of evil i can spend a lot of threat to make that 
Uh, there are additional ways I can uh, do complications. You've made some characters that have traits. One of you has the trait space sickness. Who has that trait? That would be me. Christopher. Christopher's character has space sickness. There are no rules for what space sickness is. But at any time I want, I can spend threat to trigger space sickness. <laughs> one, two, it. or three. Yep. Uh, space there's... burrito! Oh, I have a similar one. What's yours? <laughs> Industrial sickness. Industrial sickness. <laughs> uh, there are special enemy powers that let them go above and beyond that cost threat each time they want to do that. Also, I can spend in threat to bring in reinforcements. That's what threat can do. Does your threat decay? No. Oh, That's man. That's important. Uh, I it start each opposite. adventure with 12 threat. We may adjust that number as we go through our adventures, but I will start each with 12 threat. Damn. I cannot add threat. Like, you guys can bank and help each other out. I can never do that. I can't bank anything. But I can get threat by you guys giving me threat. So you guys can get extra dice. We just talked about Seth trying to sneak by by using some of your group's momentum. Well, let's say Seth wants to do that, and, or Christopher and Seth have gone through, but now Jeremy wants to sneak past that guard. But he looks and he sees there's no points left in the group momentum, because Seth spent all three, right? They're gone. Mm -hmm. What a jerk. It's happen a lot. Total jerk. <laughs> <laughs> what can Jeremy do? Well, Jeremy, uh, he wants to get those dice because he also needs to get by. So he can pay me threat, giving me goodies I can use later on. And he can give me one, three, or six threat to get one, two, or three bonus dice. And you can mix and match. If you have some group momentum and you want to give me some threat, you can mix and match to get the amount of dice that you want. So question about that. Yes. Um, so if, let's say, we have one momentum, and so you, we get one extra dice, and then let's say, would that then be three threat that goes to you if we want to buy another die? No, it would be mix it, and match. Okay, so it would be one. And two threat. Okay, so we would use one momentum, and then we could use one threat and get two extra dice. No, it's, it's combined. So it would be one momentum... Two threat gets you the three oh, price three. to get two dice. Right, You're going down on one, up on the other. Yep. Got. So to buy one die costs one resource. To buy a second die costs three resources, however you want to pay for it. Okay. To buy three dice costs six resources, however you want to pay for it. Okay. That's group momentum or paying me three. So if we wanted four dice and we had one momentum, we could pay the, like, we start with two. Yep. And then we pay one momentum to get a third dice, uh -huh. and then we would pay three threat to get a fourth dice. Two threat. No. Two threat. So, Total of three. So forget the, forget the two, four dice. We're just talking about bonus dice right now. To get one bonus die costs one resource of any kind. Right. To get a second die costs a total of three resources of any kind. So you could give me one group and two threat. You could give me two group momentum and one threat. You could give me three threat. It's three resources. Okay. So, again, I'm actually a little bit confused here. I sure. apologize. So, then if we have three momentum, that would be a total of four dice that you would be able to use. Forget forget that we're going to confuse the listeners. Forget about total well, dice. I'm, just, well, I'm confused. Okay, so. we're just talking about bonus dice right now. Right. Because that's how costs are connected. I don't want to confuse listeners. So we're just talking about bonus dice. To buy one bonus die is one resource. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, that resource can be momentum or threat. Okay? okay. So if you want to buy two bonus dice, give me three threat or three bonus momentum. You now have two bonus dice plus the base two dice. You have four dice. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Does threat and momentum reset week to week? Yes. Each adventure, not game. We're not talking inside the game, but each adventure session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah each adventure, you guys start at zero, and I start back at my 12. Okay. Are you capped? I am not capped. <laughs> oh, so you can have more than 12. If you guys went nuts, Jeremy says, I'm going to blow, I'm going to give him six threat because I have to get Seth. I also need a six threat, Christopher six threat. And then like these two idiots are here like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and what does that do for me? I could immediately unleash hell on you guys 
or nothing at all and raise a whole lot of threat and wait for any and scenes later. shows up and yeah. kills us all. Yeah. You never know. Which is really cool because as you guys can see on our little scoreboard here in the studio, you can start to see that number still high or even rising and just <laughs> it just gives you this sense of oh <laughs> yeah. Can, something gets really can I be in charge of the threat button? Please? Oh, and can I also say I will no longer be uh, counting you guys down uh, to hurry up or, or you'll lose your action. Instead, I'll count you down during combat, and if you don't, I'll just Game. be in a threat. <laughs> and then you can take some more time. Yeah, no, take some yeah, Think about it. Awesome. Threat per minute. Get a pilot. Get hey, you want to go for four threat? <laughs> two rounds. I got you for two. <laughs> Put 90 on there. We'll call it a yeah. day. Can we take credit on that? Uh, here's a big thing, though. Don't be afraid to pay me some threat because there is an ebb and flow. The system is not balanced fairly. If I throw a difficulty two, that is really hard to pull off. You're going to need to give me something or hopefully the group has already banked some stuff. Don't be afraid. Like, I don't want to give Tom even one threat because it's there's a lot of give and take. So yeah. if you say this is a jump over this obstacle, it's a difficulty two. Can I say I want to give you a threat and that goes down difficulty? Nope, you just gained dice. Set of dice. Oh, right. Okay. And another thing, we're talking a lot about dice. You can also do this for uh, any momentum spend. So if you're trying to fix something and oh, I want to spend a momentum to maybe drop that time in half, I'm going to give you a threat, Tom. Oh, you yeah. can do that. Christopher has spells. He's he's a cool mystic character. He might need extra range. He could spend group momentum to get that extra. Can we spend or momentum to reduce the amount of threat you have? No. <laughs> Is there a way for us to force you to spend threat? There is a way to do, no, not to force me, but if you guys ever roll a uh, a twenty, which is called a repercussion. I could make you have your weapon jammed. I could make you trip and stumble, or I could just say everything's fine and I get two threat. Conversely, <laughs> if I ever roll a 20, I could I get to decide. I could make the bad guy's weapon jammed, the bad guy stumble, or I could lose two threat. That's a way to. Okay. And you'll just say, you won't tell us the roll, you'll just oh, yeah. lose two threat or yep. whatever happens. All right. Moving on to hero points, our last currency. This one is really fun. So we had hero points back when we did Pathfinder. Hero points are back and they kick ass. So um, this is a little bit house ruled for our rule system here. You will start with two hero points at the start of each adventure and they reset back to two at the start of next adventure. So spend them. And you have a maximum of three you can have. You can also earn hero points just like before by doing something really cool, gain a hero point. Sweet. What can you do? Well, right off the bat, you can spend a hero point before you roll your dice to grab a d20 and gain it. So that's one of your five maximum dice you could ever have, right? Nice. So you gain a d20 and you set it to the number one and put it down on the table. Oh, that's awesome. That is huge. So you're, and you still get to roll the 2d20 after that. Which is massive. And imagine if you also have that focus point of one or more that just turned that into a double success critical. So, um, absolutely huge in what you, what you can pull off with that. Love that. So that lets you pull off huge divily twos or threes um, that might. Uh, there, you can have inspiration. Inspiration lets you reroll all of your dice. So the hero die we just mentioned, you have to do before you roll the dice. Yeah. Maybe you you, uh, you press your luck, you roll, and oh man, I have really high target numbers, but I just totally blew it. You can just spend one hero point and re-roll every single die that you have. Nice. You cannot string your hero points. You cannot. Any dice you're adding have to be, you're, you have one roll of <laughs> dice. You can't add dice after the, once you roll. Another thing you can do with hero points, you can take an additional standard action, which is massive. So you could attack twice in a turn. And in this game, each attack is huge. Um, so you could do a massive run sprint and still get off an action, uh, but you can only maximum one per turn. Okay. You have two hero points. You could take an extra action and then 
during that action, lock in a hero die at a one. You could combine hero points. Um, there's also an option on here called Second Wind. It lets you recover some things. So you can recover some light wounds. You can ignore a madness uh, for the rest of, I think, it might be a turn, it might be the battle. Uh, you can, uh, we'll talk about that later. Okay. You can end the duration of a status effect. If you're bleeding or if you're staggered, you can just end it by spending a hero point. Um, and if you're suffering a critical injury, so you are staggered for the next week because your head has been wrung badly, or you've lost your left hand, ah. you can ignore that effect and keep, now you're holding your weapon still with your bloody stump somehow and you're able to pull off, <laughs> um, and it ignores it for the rest of the battle, including the critical effect of death. However, once the battle is over, the critical effect immediately kicks right back in. Can you mm -hmm. spend hero points for other people? No. Okay. Good oh, question. That's a good question. Damn. Very good question. And maybe we'll house rule that as we go. We'll see how deadly this game gets. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sounds oh, really bad. Rules as written, no. So group momentum. Momentum with, is just extra successes and banking it. Threat, which is what I have. It's my stuff. And then hero points. Any questions about those meta currencies? No, that's pretty good. Okay, moving on. We're going to talk about combat zones. Um, sorry, yes. just was the second wind was that different than uh, gaining an action? Second wind uh, allows you to uh, recover uh, oh, a mental just, wound. That was the list of the yeah, yeah, uh, yep. some madness and some durations cool. and critical. Thank you. All right, so we're going to talk about combat. We're going to talk about zones, initiative, actions, and rapid fire. So in this game, we're not tracking individual movement squares and moving around. Everything's based on a zone. Um, zones are called close, medium, or long. And essentially, if uh, we're drawing, if you will, like a flow chart, so say a circle with a dotted line to another circle, those are zones. The circle might be called street, and then the next circle might be called a uh, sports car that's parked on the street. They are connected. If you are... One zone away, you are in medium range. So if you have a weapon that says medium range, you can now attack anyone who's one zone away connected to you. Okay. Uh, an apartment might have an entrance as one zone, a living room as another zone, and a bedroom as another. Uh, a big trench warfare might have a trench on one side, three zones of no man's land in between, and a trench on another side. So that's almost five zones. Oh, jeez. So medium range is one zone away, long range is two zones away, and then extreme range is beyond that. So in that example that you just did of the two trenches, that's an extreme, extreme yeah. distance there. Okay. And but then there's three is the same as five for extreme? Uh, we'll that... play it by ear. Okay. And then there's close range. Close range is in the same uh, zone. So if you are in the sports car zone on the street, you might be on either sides of the car or something like that, which would be shooting at each other straight out of police story. Yep. Police squad? <laughs> police squad, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's close range. And then there's one more range tighter than that, and that is reach. That means you are engaged in melee right on top of each other. So that's just, so now you're both on the same side of the car, and that dude is trying to stab you with his machine gun. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because you have a penalty if you're shooting any ranged weapon. Your difficulty goes up by one if you're within reach. Um, and it also matters if you try and move out fast, they get that opportunity attack on you. Out. Talk about that in a bit. Okay. Initiative. Initiative in this system is extremely easy. Players go first. All of you get to go first. Woo. You guys can choose what order. So if someone's wounded and needs to be pulled out first, the person can run up, do some first aid, and then they can go after you if they're conscious and ready to go. Whatever. You guys mix and match. What I would suggest is don't be too shy. I'd rather have you guys stumbling on top of each other. Can I go first? No, no, no. Let me go. Because, okay, great. As opposed to all waiting for someone. Because right. that'll just slow the combat. Just staring at each other. You should have set the order now, now Jeremy. <laughs> I just locked in for the season. <laughs> so I, I have the uh, ability, though, after you. Yes. It really would that mean I can go after the bad guys? You have to go. Uh, do you read the ability. 
It says, at the start of the battle, you may announce that you are going last in the round of combat. Yes, so at the start of the battle, you do after you. This is a custom racial ability. Uh, so it would be all players, all bad guys, mm -hmm. then you. Then round two, you join the players. From Sounds two. oddly familiar ability. It is. Mm. <laughs> so all of you guys go first, then all of the bad guys go next. And I get to choose what order they so go. I go twice in a row, really. That's cool. What's that? Yeah. I could go Pretty twice much. in a row, yeah. Uh, also, I can Somebody's interrupt you guys up. by spending threat. Particularly, I would imagine the big evil sorcerer bad guy. I don't want him getting slaughtered by six of you before he ever gets to act. So I could pay a hefty threat to interrupt you guys and jump in. Oh, how, how much threat? How yeah. How, how much threat? threat that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, it, it goes as follows. A, a little trooper type guy is one threat. A standard guy um, is two. And then a nemesis guy is three. And I can do that after the first player goes. If I'm really desperate, I could spend an additional threat to go before any of you. It's, it gets quite oh, wow. pricey. Quite pricey. That's a luxury spend. Of <laughs> You'll have plenty, so I'm sure. Threat. Let's splurge. We look at the board. That's 56 threat. Yeah. Just chilling. All right, there's some actions. You guys, uh, players, have some actions on here. I'm going to go a little fast. Um, there's several actions you can do. There are free actions. You can pretty much do as many as you want. Just don't abuse it. There's minor actions, called officially called restricted. We're going to call them minor. Those are smaller, quick things, uh, taking a little step, uh, reloading a weapon, something like that. Then there's standard actions. That's your bread and butter. That primarily is going to be an attack is a big, meaty thing. And then there's response actions. Those are your reactions to things. You want to duck, you want to dodge. Pretty much any time you take a response, you pay me a threat. That's the penalty you do for it. The catch is, though, when you shoot the bad guy and they want to dodge, I have to pay a threat. So it works out that way. You can only do, though, one response per turn. So if the trooper shoots at you and you do your dodge, and then the big bad guy launches his rocket at you, you're in a lot of trouble. So we talked about free actions. The first thing you can do is you can uh, adjust position. You can move from one side of the car to another side of the car. Your same zone. As long as you're not already in melee with someone. You could drop an item, that's free. You can fall prone, that's free. And you can speak. You try and do the whole Gettysburg address though, we're gonna charge you some additional actions. There are minor actions. You can draw an item or use an item as a minor action. And these are the has these have been house uh, a little bit. You can move to an adjacent zone. That's going to be, I think, a pretty common minor action to do. So you can, essentially you can move one zone per turn with your minor action, and then do a standard action to blast away. You can recover. So you remember all those rolls from D&D or Pathfinder where at the end of your turn, make a constitution save to now resist that poison. Those don't happen automatically. You have to f spend a little bit of effort and do a minor action to, to attempt to recover. So you now have to choose, do I move? Do I use that item? Or do I go ahead and try and recover from that radiation sickness? <laughs> and it's not guaranteed. This game is so lethal. We're just going to be like be checking stuff every five seconds. You can stand up from a prone position as a miner, and you can unjam a uh, un uh, clear and unjammed weapon. A jam <clears> weapon. <throat> the big one, though, is your standard actions. For a standard action, you can attack. That would be a fist to a rocket launcher. You can. <laughs> Why are you giggling at that? I'm trying to, sorry, I was picturing a fist to a rocket launcher. Like, I'm punching a rocket launcher, and that's my hmm. attack. No, it's using a fist up to using a rocket launcher. Correct. Got it. I get, it's better now. Uh, you Game can uh, aim. If you want, you can aim as your standard action. And what that happens then is the next time you make a ranged attack on your next turn, you get bonus 2d20 and two extra damage dice. So how do I pull off this big long range shot without giving Tom a bunch of threat? You can just slow it down by aiming and shooting the next round. Or if you want to get creative, aim, spend a hero point, an extra action, then shoot. That too. 
So that's really handy. And you can do the same thing with close combat. It's called exploit weakness. I'm just, I'm looking where to get through that guy's armor with my knife. Next turn, close combat attack, plus two, two D20 and plus two damage die. It's really nice. And I'll give you guys a chance to uh, do a little bit of that later on. There's a standard action called uh, Catch My Breath. You can make a willpower test. This is a standard action, so it's very pricey. Um, you can make a willpower test to recover a mental wound or a single light wound. Oh, it's wow. very inefficient, but you might be desperate enough to need that. You know what? I'm getting hammered and I'm behind heavy cover. The medic's coming to me. I'm just going to stay here and try and help him out. I'm going to recover a light wound on top of everything. However, the difficulty is... Coming to you. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a willpower test. I don't know how many of you got good willpower skills. But here's the catch. We'll talk about damage in a little bit. If you are only suffering light wounds, it's difficulty one. If you have a single serious wound, it's difficulty two. And if you have a critical wound, it's difficulty three. Jeez. That's a theme throughout the game. The higher the status of your wounds, the harder it is for what you're doing. You can do that once per scene. Uh, you can ready. That's a standard role-playing thing. I will shoot at the next trooper that comes through the door. So now your action's delayed, and then you actually, you uh, in some systems you go after them. In this system, you interrupt. Trooper comes through the door, you can interrupt and now do your act, what you want to do. You can sprint by moving up to two zones. Normally, it's a minor action to go one zone. You can sprint to go two, uh, although you may have to make a roll if it's difficult terrain. And lastly, you can withdraw. Withdraw is the step away from that reach melee combat and then they can't get the opportunity. Or just do a normal move minor, see if they get an if opportunity Seth attack on Seth is in the same zone as someone and they're meleeed against each other, can I step in between them? Is there like, there's nope, no- Nope, you would just join, you'd, you'd be in a menage trois of combat. Okay. Um, But there's no official, like I'd have to declare I'm He's taking cover, or he would have to take cover behind me. There's a response action to protect him. We'll talk about in okay. just a little bit. Can you double up on your minor actions instead of using a standard yes. action? You can sacrifice your standard to do yeah. it. Like you're trying to unjam your weapon, it's, it fails, so then you use your standard action to try and do it again. Yeah, sort or of okay. you could do a move, move by downgrading something along. I mean, that'd still be a sprint. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. You, you could do that. Good question. And then our last group are response actions. So these are normally going to um, make you uh, spend a threat to make me do them. Could we spend a um, momentum? No, they, they come. So response action, there is the parry. After you are declared a, a target of a close combat attack, you can try and parry as long as you have a weapon equipped and you make an opposed roll with someone. And... The winner's total is not reducing the some of the Let's see test. that part. What was that? You what? <laughs> what Perry does is it makes uh, the normal chance for someone to hit you is difficulty one. When you, if you choose to parry, you give me a threat. You get to use your own weapon skill to roll the difficulty that they now have to get. Oh jeez, nice. So you could make it worse, but you're most likely going to make it a lot better because you're good. Dodge is a very similar thing. Dodge is someone's going to hit you with a ranged attack. You give me a threat, and then you get to roll your acrobatics. Um, and you, you're you essentially creating their difficulty. That's a very common spend, because you don't want to get hit. There is guard. This was what's kind of what you were talking about before, uh, Alistair. Mm -hmm. If you are within reach of another character, so you're next to Chris... Uh, you can guard against a close combat attack. You make a difficulty two close combat and give me a, th a threat point. Uh, if you succeed, you become the target, mm. uh, which means you're going to get hit. You're not blocking right. it. You're just taking the hit. And you can't dodge or anything now right. because you burned your own response. But if it's desperate, you can do that. But this also works for ranged attacks. So from a mile away, the sniper's going to hit Chris. You can roll a difficulty two acrobatics and step away at the last second. That's an option. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, there is the covering fire. 
You can spend some extra ammunition. Um, like, uh, the character providing fire expends some extra ammunition and you select a ally to help and that ally's difficulties to shoot them are increased by one. And people, you guys can stack that. So if Christopher is getting rocked like crazy, four or five of you could all spend your reactions to burn a lot of extra ammunition and increase his difficulty to insane amounts. You're just unloading lots of fire randomly. Try and help him. And the last one's a very common one for, if you know D&D, it's retaliate. That's the attack of opportunity. So someone doesn't spend a whole action to step away. They spend a minor action to move. You can react. Spend, give me a threat and uh, try and uh, uh, get them. You, and anyone can do that. It's not a special ability. We'll just turn up the threat now. <coughs> just, just yep. And it's a melee 15. attack. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. You can just leave it at permanent. <laughs> So, free actions, minor action once per turn, standard action once per turn, response actions once per turn, and give me a threat. Any questions about actions? Uh, in case we need to reference them again, uh, is there like a, a quick sheet that we have? Uh, you guys should have that on a, a sheet. It's a yeah, cheat sheet. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you for providing that. A cheat sheet with a different action. Um, you don't so know that you should? Oh, I got it. Just real quick again, guard is like, you'll say you're going to be shooting at whoever, and then that's where I respond. If you're right, if you're within reach yeah, of your ally. But, but that response actions are not on my turn. It's They're, not on your turn. Okay. So bad guy's turn, I'm shooting your vulnerable buddy. Yep. You say, hold on, I'm going to spend my one response. Here's a threat, Tom. I'm, I'm going to possibly okay. step in. So it said one response per turn. So would that mean on my next Your, you have to wait round? Okay. Then it resets. Refreshes. Right. Okay. Good question. All right. Our last combat-related uh, offensive thing we're going to talk about is rapid fire. Each of your weapons, for each of you that has a pistol with the... Uh, I think almost all of you have a pistol. Mm -hmm. Nope. Uh, you have a reload field on it. If you would write a number two, you guys have two reloads. And essentially, every time you go back to base or back to the starship, something like that, back to the sheriff's office, you automatically get reloads back. So to help out with the speed of the game, we are not tracking individual bullets. You always have bullets ready to go, uh, unless maybe you roll a whole bunch of 20s. And, you know. uh, but anyways, you always have, we're not tracking, it'll speed things along. What these reloads let you do is go above and beyond. So that covering fire we mentioned before, you burn a reload and you help a buddy increasing the difficulty to shoot them because you're spraying extra ammo around. In particular though, you can use reloads to get a bonus die. So with those pistols you have, they have a, a semi-automatic, is it rate of fire? I can't remember what it's called. What's the trait? Mode. Mode. Mode, so, yeah as semi-automatic. If you want, you can spend a reload to gain a bonus d20 and an additional damage die. So that's another way you can gain dice if you want. I'm assuming we can't share our reloads. You cannot share reloads. It's a very abstract concept. Mm -hmm. Alistair, though, has a, uh, a submachine gun. It does the normal damage that you guys do, but its benefit is he has three reloads. So he can do that three times if he wants. Or he can spend up to two at a time to get two dice and two damage dice, uh, which is great. And again, totally mix and match. Then I want to spend another threat, and now I'm at my maximum five. What is the difference between semi-automatic and burst mode? Semi-automatic is 1d20 in a die. Burst is 2d20 and 2d20. We have to have somebody good at combat in our group. Good. None of us. Yeah. Well. Me and Jamie. He's better. Super good. <laughs> All right. Super. Yep. Let's keep going here. We still have a bunch to go over. Let's go over uh, bringing on the pain. We're going to talk about damage so we know how damage works. Oh, I took one and got it. All right. So in this system, when you roll damage, your capacity to take damage is pretty small. It might be 10 points of damage or so, but it's, but it's based on location. So let's do a situation uh, of this. A pistol on average might have one, a damage of one plus three damage dice. 
So damage dice are uh, special sixes that you roll. Yeah. And we've bought some that are official Mutant Chronicles dice, but you can use any six-sided die. And essentially, if you roll a one, you do an additional point of damage. And if you do a two, you get two additional points of damage. But a three, four, or five don't do anything at all. You're really looking for those ones or twos for bonus damage. So if you have a pistol that is damage of one plus three dice, you roll three dice trying to get ones or twos for bonus damage, and you get that base one. But Tom, what about the six? The six! We left out the six. Good question. The six does nothing at all unless you have a rare special ability weapon that will trigger off of it. So I don't think any of you do unless your weapon has the armor piercing capability. Um, Christopher might have a spell that can uh, trigger that. So essentially, uh, if you have a special ability... The six can't trigger it. Otherwise, sixes do nothing. Did you say you had something? I have a horn that has uh, one plus five die, and it's armor-piercing one. So with Alistair, he, if you roll that six, you can pierce through two points of armor for every a, sword a that you roll, every six that you roll. Uh, it's uh, mithril? <laughs> yes. The only mithril. Peace on my horn. So let me give you an example. You hit a bad guy with your pistol, and your pistol does one die of damage, one plus three dice of damage. One plus three dice of damage. You roll a three, a five, and a five. How much damage did you do? One. Just one, because you didn't get any of the ones or twos that you're looking for. So total of one, not a lot. In addition, there's a concept in here we'll talk about called soak. A lot of enemies have soak one. They're just going to soak that one up with their armor and... Let's say instead you shoot the bad guy for the pistol, one plus three damage dice, and you roll a one, one, and a two. Anyone figure out how much damage that would be? Five. One, two, three, four, five is correct. Five. So in this system, you never know how much damage you're going to do or be dealt. Um, Be aware of that. How do you protect yourself? Well, you have armor. Each of you guys have already gotten armor. Your armors might be similar, slightly different. Each location will have zero armor or one armor points, and it's essentially subtracts from the damage that straight out. Um, and Seth, you're going to be tracking health states. I don't know if you might need to add soaks for each person as well. Because otherwise you might you're gonna have to be asking them if you have armor there because you won't know everyone's armor states. Just add yet another variable to well, that. Well, I mean, what? yeah, I have a All thing right. for that. I'll talk to you about. In addition to soak, you can also take cover. Cover is your friend. You can essentially just ask, "Hey, Tom, if I move one space into the next zone called open field, does it have cover?" No. Tom, if I go over to a zone that says ruins, does it have cover? Yeah, it has light cover. Cool. If you're in a zone that has um, light cover, you get two dice worth of protection. Again, looking for those ones or those twos. Uh, so it may not help you, but it may help you. Again, you're poking out, you're shooting, so maybe it doesn't help you at all, or maybe you did get a lot of value out of it. And then there's heavy cover. Light cover is the curtain or the bush, that more concealment stuff, smoke. Heavy cover is the concrete wall, the tank, whatever it might be, the more solid stuff. Heavy cover is four dice. So when you can, take cover. Again, how do, so real quick, the way the dice work for yeah. taking cover. Uh-huh. Uh, if I'm taking cover, does that take away the dice that are being rolled against me as damage, or does that add my dice to... They roll like, their damage, you at the same time... Uh, soak it up by uh, rolling Roll ones or twos. Adds to your soak. Thank you. You said that. I just wasn't hearing it. Good question. Uh, let's give a quick scenario. You were shot in the torso for four damage. You have an armor soak of one on your torso. And you're behind a big thick wall and get four dice of heavy cover. You roll a one, one, three, and a six for your heavy cover. How much soak total do you have? Armor soak three. one, 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 three, six. Three is correct. So you subtract three from the four damage they did. They only did one point of damage. So it can be huge. <laughs> That's all or, I can say. Or it could be devastating. 
Uh, so what happens if you do get hurt? There are not hit points in this game. There's three types of wounds. There are light wounds based on each location, such as a head, a right arm, left arm, torso, or legs. Each of those have light wounds. They range anywhere from, say, three to five points on, say, on average. When you take damage, it comes away. It, you, we roll a hit location. It might say head, and then you cross off some boxes on your head. Once all your head has been taken damage, then it starts going into your serious wound blocks. Serious wounds are one block for your entire body. It's not based on location then. And you might have anywhere from four to six, say, serious wound you can or take. Three. Or three for you. Yes. Is there a concept of non-lethal combat? Uh, I think there is. I gotta double check. There's a weapon in there, and I'll double check what the rules are for it. But generally, not. Okay, so if a guy is shot, he's got serious wounds going on, and I punch him just because he disrespected my family. Oh yeah, we could story that up. But if it's more of a heat of combat, that might be more of a coup de gras style. Okay. Yeah, like if we're trying okay, to yeah. save one guy to question. Or oh something. yeah. yeah. And the rocket lands in his lap. Okay. But right. if it's he's still fighting and then you get a massive, yeah. he might just die. Okay. All right. So if you go through all your light <clears throat> wounds and you start taking any of this group, uh, this, this uh, serious wounds that's all pooled together on your character, they take longer to heal and then you act last in the initiative after the bad guys. <laughs> Don't want to get serious wounds. And it's harder and harder to heal you. Finally, if you use up all your serious wounds, you might have three, four, possibly five, but probably three or four critical wounds. And critical wounds, if you run out of them, you are dead. If you ever take a critical wound, you are last in initiative, and then you gain the staggered condition, which is pretty bad. I did give you guys a list of conditions. And I'm going to look it up here. Here for staggered, it's really, really bad. You have to pay me a threat to do your standard action every turn. Oh, jeez. Things are not looking good. In addition, it's harder to heal you even more. And finally, if every time you take a critical wound, you have to roll on a critical effect table, it's a one through 20, it's totally random. You want to roll the one and lose lose a minor action next turn. You don't want to roll the 20 where you're immediately blown to hell and dead. That's it. No wow. hero point for that. Um, you can't do a hero point for that. What you can do is do a hero point to hold it off, to just keep going, and then you'll die at the end of the scene. <laughs> Isn't, can't you use a hero point for inspiration to re-roll your dice? Um, well, I'll double check that. That's a good question. That's I like that. Question. That might save. Yeah, I like that. What I was also going to say, though, uh, you also add one to the table for each additional critical wound that you have. So if you have two critical wounds and you just got a third, then you're adding plus two, I think. So things get more. Oh, oh so, so your number goes up. Your number slowly so your goes up. It's yeah. more and more difficult. Got it. And another question about that. If you have, let's say, three critical wound slots, you die at the fourth critical wound after you don't have any more to take uh you die at the third once they're third. all filled in wound level critical wounds once a character is crossed off if a character ever suffer here we go uh two most common ways for a character to die roll that really high thing on the critical injury table or to have all critical wound boxes crossed off okay there it is. Also, and this is a really niche thing. If you ever take an amount of wounds equal to your physique attribute, you get a critical wound. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, that's new. So my physique is seven. So if, if that if that's seven damage gets through to you. <laughs> and oh, I absorbed it with light and serious. Oh, you also gain a critical on top of that. Dang. That's not good. Every time or total? Every time. Every time your physique and wounds are dealt to you at once. But you got a good physique there. Yeah, but I mean. Yeah. What's your physique? 10. Yeah, you're fine. Oh, dealt at once. One time. 
Oh, okay. check. Not, so, not, not, so, not accumulating. No, no, just a Every big time seven, <laughs> just a big blow. Okay, gotcha. So okay. if I'm like Thor hit. hits you with the hammer. You just don't go, oh, well, hey, I got lucky. I absorbed it on my left arm. <laughs> left arm ah, you're still going to get your bell rung pretty hard with a critical hit on top of that. Gotcha. Good question. Sorry, I wasn't clear. Yeah. Uh, so how do you die? Uh, cross off your last critical wound or roll high on that chart. Um, there's also three things we'll briefly talk about real fast here because I know we're going long is uh, mental, uh, mental damage. So there's a stress chart that we have. House ruled, it's called dread originally. We're just gonna call it stress. Uh, and stress will build up over time uh, and it increases your critical failure rate, that repercussion. So instead of a 20 or a 20 being a, a repercussion, now a 19 or 20 might. Or if you build up enough stress, an 18, 19 or 20, a repercussion. Uh, stress, you get half of your mental strength stat of stress off at the end of the night. So just get a good night's rest, you'll get a whole bunch back. Also, if it's critical, you can burn some momentum if you roll really well. Just like, hell yeah! And you can burn off some stress by spending some momentum. And if you're really desperate, you have uh, Dr. Pilsner with Seth. He can do some real fast, like slap you in the face, get back in there and help you out. I trained for this. Uh, there's another concept in here called mental wounds. Mental wounds are much uh, more heftier. They're slower to get rid of. Uh, and if they start getting too low, you'll start getting gaining madness conditions. They're like critical effects, but for your brain. And they are really prickly to get rid of. How do you get rid of them? You spend days and days and days trying to get rid of them. Or you do some one-on-one -on -one cuddle time with some plush dolls with Dr. Pilsner, and he will <laughs> talk you through it. Nobody what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, he really has no medical training at all. No, he's a graduate of Trump Galactic. You wanted to talk about madness? Yeah. Uh, I was going to skip it. Yeah, sure. Uh, if you take too many mental wounds, you will gain a madness. So if you lose all your mental wounds, you gain a madness. So going negative. Mental wounds is madness. Or if you take, I think, five uh, at one time. And how do you get Jesus. mental wounds? That would be like you see a, a big slaughter of innocence. You come across that. You make a willpower roll to resist that. Or some alien tries to dominate your mind. They're going to load you up with mental wounds. You wouldn't do that to us. Never. Uh, and then would you, Christopher? <laughs> dominate our minds. And then if you gain a madness, there's only six different madnesses. Um, and they do just do different things. But they are, they really linger long time. Love you long time. Yeah. <laughs> linger <laughs> long time. Long time. Me linger long. I don't. I don't want you to linger long time. I want you to go now. Uh, they linger a long time, and what they'll do is they might give you something like the staggered condition we just talked about, oh, which you cannot ignore with uh, hero points or anything, because you gotta cure the madness. There you go. All right, let's skip past some healing. We'll talk about that later on. Um, and we'll talk about combat momentum later on. And that's it for rules. What questions do you guys have about rules? Uh, the D20, the body D20. Um, are we calling that out when I say I'm going to shoot that yes. guy? So here's what's going to happen during our combat. So you guys are going to have up to five D20 dice rolling two D20 normally. Might buy some additionals. You're going to roll. I'm going to try and shoot the guy and my... And just announce it. I got one success. That's it. If you want, you can say, oh, my target number is awesome 11. Here we go. Or my target number sucks at five. And hey, I got one success, no successes, two successes, whatever it is. Um, and then once you do that, immediately <coughs> roll. We have a hit location die mm, and your damage all at the same time. Right. And then the target should also roll their cover. Um, so don't waste time. Just immediately, if you're behind cover, immediately start rolling. And then, all right, I did one, two points of damage to the torso. Great. I did one soak, so I take one to the torso. All right. Cool. And then we would just start to need to announce, and it went into my serious wounds. Uh, all right. If that happened. Okay. There you go. What other real questions do you have? Would that help you, Seth, for tracking if we just make that note to, like, as soon as you go into a serious or a different type of wound, say it. Or yeah, yeah. Just in case there's any thing. 
Um, on our character sheet under the critical wounds, there's criticals and then effects. Are those the just writing what the actual effects we hit? Criticals would be uh, a nasty uh, thing that needs to be, I think, also healed over uh, some time. But that's and just space on the sheet for us to write what it actually is. What it is. is. Okay. And then effects are more just the temporary thing. So you're stunned for a round or something like that. Um, what does unbalanced mean for size of weapon? Or 1H? Uh, size would be one-handed. One ha oh, okay. So uh, Any other overall rules? Then we'll get into specifics uh, oh, on your characters. Yeah, sorry. No, that's good. All right, so we're going to end here. If you uh, are listening and want to see this in action, uh, um, we're going to do a Patreon audio uh, that you can look up after this, which will show some of our new characters going through a test uh, simulation battle to get our players comfortable with rolling these dice and seeing how things work out. So uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye.